0: I will turn to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and you might remember a while back we started a, what I thought was going to be a short series, this was going to be the shortest, longest series that I've ever worked at, uh, because it was just a few lessons that I had, but then we took a a break uh, because of COVID, and so it's taken a few months to do my short series of lessons. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. As we were singing that song, I was thinking, that's really a message that's telling us to take the gospel to the world. And my thought was, what if you were on a sinking ship and someone sent a lifeboat out to you to rescue you? But that boat had a big hole in it. How much saving could that boat do? You would hope that it would come with a bucket so you could at least try to scoop the water out and save yourself. Well, my point is, is this the gospel message is the truth. But yet there are a lot of false teachers out there that take a message out there that sounds good. It looks like a life-saving boat, but it's got a big hole in it. Because it's not the truth. And I believe that this is one passage of Scripture that we've been looking at that has been misinterpreted by a lot of people. We have looked at the fact that we are saved by the grace of God. By God's grace, we are saved. He gives us a plan that you and I must follow if we want to be uh, saved in the end. And it's through His grace because we don't deserve it, but yet God gives it to us or makes it available to us, and so we have a choice. And that's where the faith part comes in, which we've looked at uh, by faith. We've looked at the section uh, that is, uh, are you saved? we ask the question, even though that's not a question in that uh, portion of Scripture, but the question is, are you saved? And if we're not doing what the Bible teaches, then we're not in a saved condition. And so we need to examine our lives to make sure that what we were taught to become a child of God was correct. And if there's changes that need to be made, then we need to make them. But we also need to realize that there are works that God expects us to do. In our study, we brought out the point that we want to, we're bringing out the point tonight, we want to look at the phrase, not of works. The expression not of works is a portion that is quite often wrongly interpreted. It is misapplied. And it's caused millions of people to reject simple obedience to God's Word. In doing so, they think that works have nothing to do with their salvation. Have you ever wondered just why this erroneous concept is so widespread? I would imagine part of it is it's easy. If you don't think you have to do anything except accept Jesus into your heart, then that's an easy gospel to be obedient to. If you know what the Bible teaches, you know that there's responsibilities that come along with that. So in our study, I want to examine the topic of works and their relation to salvation by grace through faith. And maybe you'll hear something new tonight that will help you in defending the Gospel. But maybe everything I say is something you've already heard. The Bible tells us of God's gracious salvation offer to those who will submit their will because their faith has led them to believe what God has told them that they need to do. It also says something about works. That's why I like to include verse 10 because it does talk about works. You see, some people look at works and salvation like... It's like mixing oil and water. They don't mix. And most people in the religious world would say that grace and works do not go together. But the question is, does works have anything to do with our salvation? If you examine the matter, you must agree that nearly the entire so-called Protestant world Would say works have nothing to do with our salvation. They ask, how can a man work his way to heaven? And that's a good question, because we know a man can't work his way to heaven. But we also know you can't get to heaven without working. Paul declared in verses 8 and 9, that for by grace... Are you saved through faith and not of yourselves? It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He also tells us in Romans chapter 11 and verse 6 And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. His statement, also in chapter 4, seems to fortify this common idea or view that no works of any kind are involved in our salvation. For it says in Romans chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 4 and 5, he writes, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not... But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So if you look at those verses and those verses only, you might get the idea that there's nothing we can do. It's all dependent upon God's grace. For we all have read, or from what we've read so far, does it sound like Paul saying, that obedience to God is excluded? Is he saying that it's just grace and that there's no obedience that is necessary? None of those verses can correctly be construed to mean that the one who truly believes must do nothing at all to be saved. (coughs) Or does it? And the Apostle Paul also wrote in Romans chapter six, verses seventeen and eighteen, listen to what he says. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered, and being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Who are we the servants of? We're the servants of God. What does it mean to be a servant? Well, most of us wouldn't want to be a servant in uh, in somebody's house. Because that would mean that they're going to give us direction. They're going to tell us what to do. And they're going to expect us (coughs) to obey. Well, the same is true with God. That if we're the servant of God, then God expects us to obey what He tells us to do in His Word. And some of those responsibilities that he tells us that we have involves work. In Ephesians chapter two and verse eight it says that salvation is through faith, and faith must be seen in works. And faith that has no works <clears throat> is of no value. And I think that we understand that concept also. I try to use a simple illustration that when you're in the store and you hear that fire alarm go off, if you believe that there's a fire, what are you going to do? You're going to continue to shop, right? No, if you believe that there's a fire, you're going to get out of the building. So your faith, your belief that there's a fire moves you to take action. Now, if you don't believe that there's a fire, and I've been inside the store when the alarm's gone off... I've been at work, and when I used to have a real job, as I like to say, when the alarm would go off, you if you didn't believe it, you didn't do anything. You just sat there. Waiting for somebody to call and say, well, it was a false alarm. But if you believed it, you took action. And when we believe what God says, <clears throat> that means we're going to take action. So our faith involves work works done through faith are a very integral part of man's duty in being saved from sin there are obviously some works that have nothing to do with salvation in fact they hinder our salvation you say well what would they be <clears throat> salvation is not of works of, of any sort except the work that God has given us to do. And Paul says in the text that the works that we need to be concerned about are the works that are not going to lead us to boast. He says, "...not of works lest any man should boast, and boasting is precluded in the salvation of sinners." So think about that. That means that there is nothing that I can do in and of myself to where I can go up to God and say, you are obligated to give me salvation. I can only do what God's plan says. His grace has extend, that has been extended to me. The plan that He has shown me in His Word <clears throat> that I must be obedient to in order to be saved. And if I want to discard what He says I must do in order to become a Christian, but I just want to live a good life, that's not going to save me. And if I could come up with a method or a means to tell God that He has to give me salvation, then certainly I would have some works that I could boast about, wouldn't I? But such is neither possible nor permitted in salvation from sin. Does anyone really think <clears throat> that faithful obedience to the commands of the gospel is in the category of works for which a man could boast? You see, I'm dependent upon God for my salvation. The works that I read about in the Bible that I must, must do... I'm doing them because God has told me that I need to do those things. And so He's not obligated to give me heaven. He's not obligated to forgive my sins because I'm dependent upon Him to tell me what is righteous. I'm dependent upon Him to tell me what I must do to continue to be a servant of His. How could anyone come to such a conclusion that we could come up with a way to make God save us? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, Paul writes, "...knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ." that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. What's Paul talking about there? He was dealing with Judaizing uh, teachers in Galatians that had come in and was trying to get people to follow the old law along with Christ's new law. And Paul is pointing out that we're not obligated to follow that law because that law was taken away by the death of Jesus on the cross. And the Bible tells us that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Blotting out of the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which are contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers... He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So the old law was done away with at the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, that law was done away with. The last will and testament of Jesus Christ went into effect. And so we're no longer obligated to follow that old law. And if we're trying to follow that old law, it's not going to save us. And that's what Paul's talking about there in Galatians. The Jews could boast in the past, and that's one of the reasons why they were so proud and why they looked down on other people. Because they thought that they were God's chosen people. They liked that that situation. The law of Moses had been given to them. And so they looked at themselves as better than the Gentiles (coughs) or the Samaritans. And having the Mosaic law, the Jews then would boast of their salvation by their works of the law. And Paul was reminding them or trying to teach them that they were no longer obligated to follow that law. You might remember the young man who came to Jesus. And when Jesus told him what he needed to do, he listed off some commandments. What was the young man's response? These have I kept from my youth up. And Jesus is quoting the Ten Commandments. And he's all like, These have I kept from my youth up. It's something like, Wow, look at me, I'm so proud. You might even remember the Pharisee that was in the temple praying, listing off what he had done. What was he doing? He was bragging about all the things that he did, the works that he accomplished. When the young man, the law of Moses was still in force at the time that Jesus spoke to him. And the man was told to sell his possessions and give it to the poor and then come follow Jesus. We know from the Scripture that that young man went away sorrowful. But, But think back at what he said. No doubt his pride swelled when he knew that he had the opportunity to tell Jesus How well he had kept the law of Moses. These have I kept from where my youth up. What's he doing? He's boasting. He boasted of his accomplishments. And the works of the law of Moses are in no way connected with salvation in the gospel of Christ. The gospel is Christ's new covenant. And notice also that Paul said, even we believe in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. They realized they were still dependent upon God's grace. They had faith in what Jesus did. They had faith in the death, burial, and the resurrection. And that's what they were proclaiming. And they had faith in what Jesus and God wanted them to do. You see, there are works of the law that are excluded. But by the same token, there are works of faith that just justify us. Justifying works are included in salvation by grace through faith. Paul stated clearly, that those who believed did so in order that they might be justified by faith. Again, they heard what they needed to do and their faith in what they were told moved them to do what they were instructed. Notice the faith is in Christ. The simple solution to this matter is that works of faith are obedience to Christ And that is what saving faith in Christ is all about. Listen, anyone who has been led to think that works, any kinds of works, nullify the saving grace of God have been misled. There are things that we have to do. We must be obedient. Think about that for a moment. Paul said a believer might be justified in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. <clears throat> Most Protestant doctrines, doctrinal discourses, affirm that the believer is justified, not might be justified. They talk about being justified by faith only or by the grace of God. Paul wrote in Galatians 2 and verse 16 that sinners are justified by faith in Christ. That is so because the personal faith of a sinner leads him to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. That faith is saving faith, and it leads one to believe the gospel is to be and to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the remission of sin. Why? Because it's very simple. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, and 16, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Think about the words, he that believeth for a moment. Think about those words. He that believeth. Believes what? Well, naturally, according to that scripture, he must believe the gospel. And what does he believe about the gospel? He believes what the gospel reveals about Christ. That He died for their sins, that He was buried, and that He arose victorious over the grave on the third day. And Mark sixteen sixteen says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Then he who believes this and is not baptized, so if you believe the gospel, you believe that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose victorious from the grave, you believe that. But Jesus is saying, if you're not baptized, my question is, would you be saved? Think about what Jesus is saying. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Believes what? The Gospel. You believe the Gospel? What do I need to do? I have to believe it and then I must be baptized. And if I'm not baptized, then I'm going to be lost. That's as plain as day. Think about that carefully. It is still by God's grace. Why? Because God's given the plan. Hear the Gospel and be obedient to the Gospel. God's given us His grace and He has chosen to accept it through obedience. The individual that hears that Gospel and then if he accepts it, he is moved to do what Jesus said we must do. Being baptized is obedience to the Gospel. And that is certainly not what Paul had in mind when he said salvation is not of works lest any man should boast. He wasn't talking about simple obedience to the commands of Christ, to the commands of God. The works that are of no value in salvation are the works of the Mosaical Law, the Old Testament, or those of which some man might boast. Works of faith makes one acceptable to God and justify one who believes. And so as I close, I want to call your attention to a couple of passages of scripture. Acts chapter ten, verse thirty four and thirty five. It says And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Does that sound like works are required? I must work righteousness. How do I know what righteousness is? God's Word tells me. I'm dependent upon Him. I don't get to dis- determine that this is good because you can see out in our world today that there's a lot of things that are sinful that people say are good. They call good evil and evil good. Good. And so I'm not the one that determines what is righteous. God's Word determines what is righteous. And so we're dependent upon Him to tell us what is righteous and to live accordingly. And in James chapter 2 and verse 24, it says, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. You know how many times I've heard people say when I show them that passage of scripture, when they've been raised in a denomination and all they've heard is that we're saved by faith, and they were we're saved by faith only, and you read that passage of scripture and it's like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. That's because they've been deceived. It's plainly there. The book of James is one of the books that's easy to read and to understand. And James is very plain when he says that faith without works is dead. And so if you have faith, but the works don't go with it to prove it, that faith hasn't moved you to be obedient, then your faith is vain. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 5, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Again, that word obedience is there. And Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to who? All them that obey him. Is obedience necessary? I had somebody tell me one time, they met me at the back door and said, we're saved by God's grace. Are you saying that I have to do something in order to be saved? Are you saying that I have to work? I said, no, I'm saying we have, you have to obey. And that would involve works. It's involved. We have to accept that. The question is, have you obeyed from your heart the Gospel of Christ? If not, I would encourage you to not put it off. But you need to be obedient to that glorious Gospel message that Jesus died for your sins. That He was buried and He rose victorious over the grave. That's the message that we proclaim. That's the Gospel that you must believe. That Jesus is who He claimed to be. That He is the Messiah. He is our Savior. And because of that, we live a life of service to Him. We are His servants. And as Paul said, we are the servants to whom we obey. Do you obey what Christ wants? Or do you obey what man wants? And that man may be yourself. Do you do what you want to do and tell God He's going to accept it? Those are works you can boast about. That's not what God wants. And so, this, tonight, if you need to be obedient to the gospel, we would encourage you to do that. You have that opportunity to come and have a seat up here on the front row. As together, we stand and sing.